0: All right, Church of Omaha, welcome today. I uh, appreciate you being here. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Um, thankful for my wife and for her iPad because I discovered I left mine at home. And I thought, well, I'll do the print, but the printer has got some issues. And so I was going to go with the laptop, but uh, I'm much, much more comfortable with the iPad. I'd like to turn to the book of 1 John. We're going to spend some time in 1 John, in the book of John. Um, I'd like to turn to 1 John. Oh, Elements. If you signed up for Elements, that is kicking off today. It's right here, Brother Donnie, in the back. And so they would love to see your wonderful face there and to share the words they've prepared. Um, So 1 John, chapter 1, and verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, the word of life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak into our hearts and in our lives. God, help me to share, Lord, what you've given me, what you've birthed and burdened in me, and God, to change our hearts and minds and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. Um, This passage right here, where it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life, it echoes first, or the book of John. It brings your mind back to John chapter 1, verse 1, which says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not both of these books first john or john first john second john and third john are all thought, along with Revelation, to be written by the same author, written by John. And he's reaching here in the book of 1 John. He's, one of the things he's dealing with is a people who some of them, it appears, had maybe abused Scripture. The Scriptures he had written in the book of John. And they were using some of those passages and had gotten caught up in... And uh, it sounds almost terrible to say. I want to make sure I phrase this right. But they got caught up in in the majesty and the glory and the uh, awesomeness of Jesus being God, and were separating. And and they, they some of them were called docetists. They they didn't see him in his humanity. They wanted him to have like be just a glorified body and not really have physically existed. And so John here is is setting some records. Uh, I don't want to say he's setting them straight because the book of John is beautiful scripture and sh- reveals to us and shows us in so many ways the identity of Jesus Christ. But, but he's like, hold on. God came to earth and took on humanity. God became man. And, and, and so he's... He's tackling some items here he's you might say he's adding on to and, and and expanding and addressing and attacking issues that developed both now and then as the early church unfolded. This is an important important thing to understand that God became man. But he reaches back in this beautiful unfolding Um, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and we can now hear all the force of the book of John behind it. In the beginning was the word. We can see with that the lady at the well. Maybe you remember some of the stories? So we have with the lady at the well. You can see the water pots when the water was turned to wine. You can see the the feeding of the 5,000 and... um, you can see the, the, the servants or the man's um, servant when being healed. You can see the man at the pool. You can see Jesus' work in all of his discourses, his teachings. All as you echo back, that which was from the beginning. It, it reaches not just there, but it reaches back to creation. The word of life. In the beginning was the word or in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, that's, that's a powerful understanding. It's something that, that separates Christianity from so many of the other religions is the fact that before time and before a, a space existed, before anything existed, God existed. And God with intent and purpose created everything. He spoke it into existence. There's, there's those that would like to look back, and, and they, they had some strange ideas, and they were actually even around here at, at John's time, and some of them were Gnostic, and, and they, would, they would suppose that, that things had gotten messed up, and that creation was never supposed to exist, and they had these ideas, and, and, and they would basically be saying, you all are a mistake, and you're the result of a mistake. But God came to save and to, to, to fix that mistake. And yet we know that in the beginning, God created everything. And we know when He first created it, it was perfect. It was good. It was very good. That, that Adam and Eve, when man and woman were first created, that they weren't created in sin. That God intended for you to be here the world to be here, and, and He intended for us to live here and to have this environment. Um, but people, they, they, they would get some ideas, but we have this understanding from Scripture that God created everything and He wanted it to exist. You are not a mistake. You are not the result of something gone wrong. You are here because God wants you to be here. Hallelujah. It echoes back to the Old Testament Scripture where we can understand then that when John tells us in the beginning was the Word, and when he says that which was from the beginning which we've heard, there is only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven. When, when you... Uh, Flip through the, the different uh, epistles and, and you're reading and you see often when, when Paul, the Apostle Paul opens up, I just opened up to Philippians here. It says, Paul and Timothy the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus. And then when he says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The significance of that opening is, there's a lot of significances there. But, but one of the things that Paul and they really are driving home is it is not enough to say that you believe in Yahweh. It is not enough for you to say, I believe in the God of the Old Testament. But you must understand that that God has revealed Himself to mankind as Jesus Christ. That is the way that He has brought salvation to the world. And so Paul is very particular in opening his letters to say, it's Jesus Christ. You need to look to Him. You can't, separate him from that. You, Jesus, We um, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is an important concept, in fact. And, and you're like, okay, I get that, Pastor Lucas. Much of the world doesn't get that. You will run into Christians. I ran into one this last week, and, and they, they think this is all well and good, but in their own wisdom and knowledge, they theorize that, this, surely God has a lot of opportunities in different ways. But John here, when he echoes these words, is echoing back to, Hero O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is the way. And he tells us, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then he says, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, I don't think I use big, fancy words. Maybe some of you would think differently. I don't know. But I kind of like this one phrase, a double entendre. uh, I'm sure you guys never use that word. Maybe some of you. Maybe some of you. But right here, what that means is when you read something and there's more than one thing to get out of it, this right here, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You could call that a double entendre. It's one of those things, Sister Pallet, it says the darkness couldn't overcome it. Sister Dana, it's not just that. It's the darkness didn't understand it. It's, it's I, I couldn't trounce it. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't capture it. I, I, I couldn't control it. The light shineth in the darkness. And, and darkness, if you want to think of it as warring against light, it couldn't overcome it. Hallelujah, that reminds me of he that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. And in him is light. And so when you get a hold of the light, you're an overcomer. When you have Jesus in you. But the darkness couldn't understand it. It couldn't grasp it. It couldn't comprehend it. It's it, 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 it's what is this thing? And you could see it when Jesus was born in the manger and and and... What, what's going on here? Now, the angels, they, they, they were observing and rejoicing, but, but yet there was this mystery. What is God unfolding? Or look what God is doing. And the darkness didn't understand it, couldn't grasp it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I am thankful for the light. I am thankful for the light. So he says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. <clears throat> what is John again? He's saying here. He's coming at some people who are denying some facts about Jesus Christ. And so he's first told us, this is that God from the beginning. This is that God that I wrote about in, the first, in John, in my first, in the gospel. Um, which, and then he says, which we've seen with our eyes. Now, he's, he's saying, Sister Nancy, we've got a witness. We've seen him. We, there was up to 500 that saw him. Um, they, there wasn't a debate. There was, when you look into the New Testament, there, there isn't some try, let me, let, let me explain to you why you should realize Jesus existed. You know what they're saying? is I witnessed Him. I was with Him. I experienced His teaching. I was in His presence. I, I walked with Him. And, and, and Brother Keith, it, I saw, John would say, I saw the empty tomb. I was standing there with Peter, and, and, the, and he went inside first, and, and I was looking, and, and he wasn't there. But then I was there when he walked through the wall, and I was there when he said, Cast the net again over. And the fish came in. I was there when we reached the shore and and there was a fire of coals, coals that Peter had denied him previously. We saw him, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. Now Jesus tells us when he's talking to Thomas, and he tells Thomas, Blessed are those that haven't seen me and yet believe. Jesus was looking into just, I don't know, you'd say a hundred years from when he would be there in the flesh, but also to you and I today. See, I, have I seen him with my, uh, these eyeballs? Has my... Have I stood right here and been like, oh, hey, Jesus, what's going on? And, no, I didn't experience that. But I do want you to know, I would, I'm not here to dis- dispute exactly, but I do want, want those early apostles to know I maybe haven't seen him with my eyes, but I've felt the presence of God that you felt, John. I've, I've had God put up with things that that I thought, man, nobody would put up with. Now, Has any of you had behavior that you're like, <laughs> your family, maybe, uh, you, maybe your spouse, like, you need to go to back to bed and wake up on the other side. And maybe your parents or, or, or your friends were like, uh, I'm not putting up with that. You can't treat me that way. And I'm not saying we walk all over God. But God has done things for us. And been through garbage with us that nobody else would put up with. But God was there. And I, I would say to John, you know what? I didn't see him in the flesh like you. But I've seen him. And I've experienced him. And, and Thomas, no, I didn't have the opportunity to put my fingers in those nail prints or in his side. But, oh, what does John say here? I, I didn't read it yet on purpose. And he says... And our hands have handled. I've touched him. I know I didn't get to put my my fingers in those nail prints, but I've touched him. Oh, it isn't, Sister Nancy, that he just came and touched me. When we look at the book of John, we see those stories and how he would come and he must needs go through Samaria and he ministered and he touched them. And so many, we see so many healed and blinded eyes open and, and, and lame walk. And, and somebody would say, oh, he touched me. But you know what? I'm like the woman with the issue of blood. And when she pushed through the crowd and, and she got up there and she touched him. And, you, and someone would say, well, he's, he's not here. But I've touched him. Oh, woman with the issue of blood, I've touched him. Oh Bartimaeus you know what you you say you've seen him I've seen him Oh I I I I've touched him in prayer I I've, I've been driving in the car and he wrapped his arms around me and gave me that squeeze I've I've been rebuked by him but he's touched me and I have touched him I've touched him Now John he's He says this here, which our hands have handled, the word of life. And I really think in reading the book of John here and looking at the times that he was trying to tell the church or the Christ, he was trying to tell them, no, he's real. He is real. We've seen him and we've touched him. In church, the church of the time, he'd be saying, I am writing to you. Why? We touched him. Hallelujah. Oh, but I can't quite get away from it. They can't take away your testimony that he touched you and that you touched him. And John is standing there as a witness through time to say, I want you to know he's not made up. He wasn't an apparition that you just think you saw or that just appeared on the cross. No, he went to the cross. He died for our sins. He, he, he existed here on earth. He's a, a real. He's alive. It's this Jesus, which was from the beginning, which we've handled of the word of life. The word of life. It says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested or revealed unto us. That which we've seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. In these things I write unto you that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. We touched him. Oh, he didn't just touch us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just take a moment, close our eyes, and just thank him? Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah something else that I notice here you see when you would delve into what some of these people were were believing at the time and, and they were by getting a hold of and if you look over I don't have this verse today but if you looked in 1 John chapter 3 and you see verse 12 he says not as Cain who was of that wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore he slew him I'm like what? why does he bring out Cain here Well, it's a good point I mean we can read the passage here and see Cain at But there were people at the time. (laughs) There were people at the time that began to believe that Cain was a good guy. And that Cain was trying to correct things that were wrong with creation. and, and, And they were twisting the word. And John is coming back, and he this is so important when he's saying that Jesus is real and that Jesus came because they would have put all of our salvation into question. But he's saying God came as a man and he saved us. And so when he's addressing here, this is the message we've heard from the beginning that we should love one another not as Cain. He's saying no what he did is wrong and his behavior is wrong and you can't pattern yourself after him. But This is the way that God wants us to live. We need to love our brother. We need to love our brother. And so he's encouraging you. I write these things unto you that your joy may be full. There may have been Christians at the time that, that were struggling and, and wondering and what is this gospel being preached or what is being taught. And, and part of what I want to echo to you today is, is that you can keep and maintain your hope in the salvation of Jesus Christ and what he has done for you and that he is with you. When I look around our culture and society and I, I see so many things that are going wrong and people that, that seem to forsake salvation and to back out of it and to question it, I see the wars and rumors of wars. It, it can get sometimes depressing. Sometimes when you wonder how are you going to make ends meet, you think, man, how, how am I going to do this? What, how are we going to get through the situation? And, and, and life can seem so fragile. But 2,000 years ago, this gospel was being preached. And it's still as strong and stronger today. And it's still rescuing, and it's still saving, and it's still delivering. So John, you'll notice, he uses in, in here a number of phrases. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes and we have looked upon and our hands have handled. He goes on, he says, that which we've seen and heard declare we unto you. Um, and then he says, if we walk in the light, if we say we have no sin, and you'll go down and you'll see this we, we, we. I hope, I, I hope you guys picked up all the we's I was emphasizing there. I think that was a little obvious. Why is that important? Because people that come to you with, quote, secret knowledge, and they begin to try to tell you things, and, and there's revelation from the scripture. Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto you. But let me tell you, you're not going to sit at home and say, oh, man, <laughs> I've got knowledge that the rest of you don't have here. And uh, I, I've been studying this scripture, or better yet, I found somebody on the internet. i got to share my little link with you because suddenly they found something. And there is secret math in the Bible. And so, it, have any of you heard this stuff before? There's people out there like, let me show you. And if you, oh, and if you drop over to this scripture number and you're like, did you know scripture numbers weren't in the original? And and if you count this many letters over and if you... and They've got something that's mysterious and they think it's hidden and it's right there. Don't believe that garbage. Why is John saying we, we, we? He's standing there. He's saying, I'm not just preaching this. But Peter preached this. And Andrew preached this. And Paul preached this. And James preached this. And, and, and Polycarp, he could say, he's preaching it. And, and, and he could look. And I'm not saying every minister out there is all following and just preaching exactly from Scripture. But you don't need to look for a gospel that somebody is off over there saying, hey, uh, I got some little secret thing over here. Furthermore, you don't need to sit at home and think that you don't need a pastor, a preacher, ministry in your life. Because before all of this New Testament was all written, God had given ministry. He sent out the apostles and, and he had commanded them. He said, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Now that's recorded in the book of Acts, but Acts was actually written after Jesus had already sent them. It was written so we could see it and understand it. It would be recorded for us and so we would have these, these holy scriptures. But but Jesus, right we, before he went up, didn't say, Okay, I've got all the scriptures commissioned. They're here, they're waiting. And now you guys go out and live it. No, this is an unfolding. This is Paul writing to the churches. This is Luke saying, hey, let me tell you what, what we went through and what's unfolded. Let me, let me write this Holy Scripture that God gave. He gave you ministry. And he, and he called it, he gave gifts to men. So sometimes when you're struggling, don't become a, as I've understood or I've seen. No, you need to get in and say, you know what? This isn't a private interpretation but I have a church over here and I have ministry in my life. And, and, and John talks here about trying the spirits. It's, he's saying, hey, you, there, there's going to be things that seem spiritual that, that's going to seem good to you and they, they have a spirit behind them, but you need to know, is this the right thing? This we is important. And I can take encouragement from the fact that you believe this and I believe this and that you've experienced it, and I've experienced it. An individual, the same individual that I I talked to this last week, thought maybe there was a multitude of ways, embraces the fact that people speak in tongues, that that's a real thing, but doesn't look at it as everybody would get that, or is it necessary? And I hurt when I thought about it, and and as I listened to it, Why? Because this beautiful, precious gospel, I know of no other way to preach it except to tell you this is what happened here. These are the commandments given. And if you came to me and you said, is there an alternative way? Could we do it that way? Is this person okay? All I've got to tell you is this is what the word says. And this is what I've experienced. And this is what they've experienced. And, and I read it here, and I said I wanted it. And my first try at the altar, it didn't happen. And my second try, it didn't happen. So, oh, well, you know what? Must not be for me. No, I came again. Right. And God kept doing a work here. You see, sometimes we come to the altar, and we're like, it's like my kids when they ask me for something, right? Hey, Dad, Dad. Okay, side note. I'm sleeping. I am sleeping. I'm in bed sleeping. Like, I have not gotten up yet. Here's Liam. Hey dad, can I have $10? (laughs) That's not how you're getting $10 from me. I'm asleep. Finally, he walks away a little bit later. Hey dad, can you connect me to the internet? He didn't get connected to the internet either. Does that mean he should walk out of relationship with me though? Because, and and that was a funny example right there. But there's things that they come for or things that they want. And I'm recognizing in life, now we're not quite at that spot yet. But it doesn't mean we're not growing in relationship. And sometimes when we come to the altar and we're talking to God, God's working through things with us. He's like, we're sorting some things out, and he's trying to do it so that you understand. Our our kids are in quizzing, and Finn, he's a rapid quoter, and sometimes he misses a word. And a gentleman said to us, he goes, hey, have him speak into a recorder and then listen to himself, because if you tell him this is what he's saying wrong, it won't stick as much as if he hears it. That's sometimes it is the way with God. You're like, why don't you just tell me, God? He's like, I am trying to tell you, but you don't hear me, so I, I... his ways, you know, they're above my comprehension. But I do know I get into a place of prayer, and things start to unfold. And it, it'll, a little unfolds here, and then I'll be another week or two or a month later, and all of a sudden, it's like light bulbs come on. And I'm like, why didn't I understand that before? And God's walking me through a process. And some of you have been hurt. You've been damaged. You're, you're, you're struggling. You've sinned. you got things back there. You're like, I really want you, Jesus. He's like, hey, do you want me enough that you'll give me what's in that little box in the back of your closet? You're like, what little box? How did you know that was there? <laughs> no, we're going to leave that one closed today. Well, oh, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to walk through that later. He's walking you through processes, and he's growing and developing you, and you're trusting him and, and learning about him. So it is not a, well, I tried, to, um, I tried to wake Dad up and ask him if I could have ten bucks, and it, it didn't happen, so I'll just come back another time. No, this is relationship, and God's working in you and growing you. It is never a wasted moment to seek after God's face, to encounter Him, and to come to the altar and to respond to preaching. And when you're praying with somebody and you say, well, God didn't fill them with the Holy Ghost today and, and, and His Holy Spirit in their life, that doesn't mean they didn't connect with Jesus and He's not working through things. And, and you're like, well, that didn't... You want a check sheet over here. Boom. And God's saying, this is relationship. Because once I'm living in their heart and it's all read, and they're ready for me to come in, I still want to talk to them. And worship is a part of this relationship. It, I hope some of you guys weren't like, all right, we said I do at the altar. That's the last time I'm buying her flowers. <laughs> and it's the last time I'm going to say she's beautiful. And that's the last time. And, and vice versa. I, the things that you did when you were trying to woo each other, that's still a part of the relationship. There's so much more that develops and grows. But you can't... Communication... I bet most of you did not get married by just staring at each other. And I'm sure that you didn't say, will you marry me by going, mm, mm, mm. if that was the case, there'd be a whole lot of married teenagers. because That's how they talk. <laughs> it's, uh, no, communication and God's developing you and growing you. Let me get back over here. We, we, we. Something else about the whole physical and Jesus being real. When we drop down here to verse 8, he says, but if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Then he says, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John was also writing to a people who some of them thought they were pretty special people, and that you needed to really live at a high level, which we, we can't be running out and sinning. I'm not saying that. But but they were ultra-spiritual. They were whew up here. <laughs> and, he's, and, and man, if you sinned, man, that'd be a devastating blow. That whew, you messed up. And John brings us hope. He brings us hope. And and he tells us, my little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, that you sin not. It's not approved. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, he's, he's telling the people, hey, you know what? Somebody told you. You messed up, and now there's no hope for you. But guess what? We have an advocate. And if we will go ahead and tell him... Now, he's not not writing to people who just walked into church for the first time. He's not writing to people who are like, so what? Jesus wants to live in me? Keith, what's this baptism thing? No, these are people who were baptized in Jesus' name. These are people who are filled with the Spirit. These are people who are supposed to be part of the church. And, and, and he's telling them, hold on. There's some messed up theology out there. And I'm telling you that, that uh, when you sin, we have an advocate. Now, I don't want you to sin. But when you do, we have an advocate. And if we confess... If we'll go back to him and say, okay, Jesus, I need you to hear me. I got that wrong. Now, that doesn't mean we continue in sin. doesn't mean we go back and think, oh, man, I'm just going to pick it up again the next day. But but he's telling us, oh, you, you can still go back. That tells us something else, though. You know what that tells us? Just as we could touch him, that God... Came as a man, so I'm human too. We are people too. We got flesh. And when God, we, we talk about salvation, that I've been saved, or repented, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm being saved. I'm walking with God. I'm growing in Him. I have some confessions to make. God, I'm sorry. And one day I'm going to be saved. That means that when He comes back and we are translated or we're called from the grave wherever we're at, do you know what happens then? We get a glorified body. That doesn't mean you're like, I don't have a body anymore. It just means all the sinful human nature of this world, the struggle, the spirit of this world that we deal with, it, we won't have that struggle anymore of, of, of this warring and this wrestling, but he still is going to give you a body. You're still going to have a, but it's going to be a glorified body. And, and he's telling us here, he says, well, we don't know what we'll be like, but we know we'll be like him. And, and, and I'm just a little bit excited because I see that he's saying, hey, I, he came and put on humanity. And I have humanity. And I touched him and he touched me. And he's working with me in this and not just this actual skin here but he's working with me with all the things that i deal with while i live on this earth and he's come to save me not just get rid of me no but to translate me to give me a glorified body and and yeah this this old flesh this is going to die or it's going to be translated but god cares about all of me all of me i'm not perfect but, and I wrote that down here, I'm physical, but he touched me. He touched me. And the last thing, and I, think, uh, I think I'll go ahead and just mention this. We only got a couple minutes left. But John here covers, and I'll go ahead and read uh, John chapter 4 and verse 20. We could teach on this all day, so... But he says, if a man say, I love God, and he hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? I'm not here to talk to you super heavy about love your brother, love your brother. But I am here to tell you that sometimes you go through struggles, and you go through hard times. And you're in this world, and you've got got human flesh. And sometimes it's pretty hard to love. But because Jesus came, we have hope. And John here is echoing the first and second greatest commandments Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the principles John's pulling on. And he's saying, Hey, how can you say you love God if you don't love your brother? You want God in you and, and, and he's, he's, uh, he's given some good pastoral and teaching and rebuking. But sometimes you've been through things and you find it pretty hard to love. But I want you to know because he lives and because we have an advocate and because we have a high priest that's not untouched by our infirmities but was tempted in all areas like as we are, we can love again. Why, beloved, verse 7 of John chapter 4, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And it says in verse 9, and this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Could we go ahead and stand to our feet? And sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins, to take care of our sins, to be the price for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Now he goes on in that passage, and that's another message for another time. But I want you to know, That Jesus came. He paid the price for your sins. And not only has he touched you, but you can touch him. And he's working with you. And he's molding you and shaping you. And I don't know what you've gone through or where you have been, but you can love again because he First loved us so if we could close our eyes and just reach up towards heaven and just talk to him for a moment God you became flesh and the word became flesh God and you dwelt among us and you touched us oh God I don't know where each and every heart is at today and I don't know what they are going through but because you live I can face tomorrow oh God you've given me a hope and God, I, I, I don't know where everyone's at, but if we confess our sins, You're faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Lord Jesus, and You're here today to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. And I'm just asking You to encourage somebody and to remind them that You love them and that they can love again and that they can forgive again and that they can be healed again. And I ask You to do all these things In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord Jesus. I worship you and I praise you. Hallelujah. God bless you. We'll see you again here in 10 minutes. And uh, let's have church.